Hello everyone, this is Kerry. This episode is once again brought to you by the Upset Picks. If you're looking to make sports betting a bigger part of your portfolio, visit our website, theupsetpicks.com. We have packages to suit every type of better, from beginner to pro. And make sure you check out our daily Chasing the Dog videos on YouTube, where we give you our top dogs of the day. Don't forget to give us thumbs up and hit subscribe. Now, are you ready for some wit, whiskey, and wisdom? Grab a drink, sit back, and listen to us go all over the place. Andrew, Carrie, and Chris. All over the place. Wit, whiskey, and wisdom. Unless there's something that you give that's personal. Or, not, I don't want to or like, you know, we try to get Elon Musk in. It's a little bit of Elon Musk, come on the show. He's got Twitter problems. He blew up the deal, did he not? And then Twitter went offline this morning. Oh, and no. then it isn't... Uh, they, isn't, like, shut down. Everybody's like, hey, what's going SEC on? is the SEC going after Twitter, Twitter? now? I yeah, and Twitter's suing Elon Musk. Yeah, but I thought SEC's going after Twitter. Yeah, because they're inflated. Yeah. How much is... How much can Twitter get out of him? The full 54, 64 what, billion? 64 billion? No, they're not going to get anything. Well, how much could they get out of him? If, In if, theory, 64 yeah, billion. They the can full make, 64. They could force him to buy. Okay. But you don't think the court's even going to? No. Right? Deal went sour. You didn't? Their books were crooked. Well, you can always declare bankruptcy. Twitter? Elon. Oh, Elon? Yeah. yeah I think that would adversely affect some other things. <laughs> Former President Trump did it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. And he ran for president. Well, then Elon can do it and then run for president. Except for factories from... Elon for president. He's from South Africa. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. African. Oh, no. You can't have an African as a president. No. Are you... you did you lean into the it? mic so you could eat that white bread? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. All right. What episode is... <laughs> white bread. He really is eating That's white bread. Cleansing right. my palate. Cleansing his palate. Mm-hmm. What episode is this? 23. Two tree. Two tree. Carrie, you want to introduce our guest? No. <laughs> Chris, you want to introduce our guest? No. You want to introduce yourself? <laughs> we have never asked anyone to introduce No. Us. No, no, I will introduce. So, my dad, <laughs> my, my dad is our guest this week. Hey. So, John is our guest. That's a weird saying coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Big John. That sounded Big. weird. First time I've ever heard you say that. Yeah. I know, right? Like, he's never said your name? Ever. Ever. I call my mom Patricia all the time. Yeah. That's how I know her. Yeah. Hit I feel me. like I'm in trouble. No. Hit me. All right, so... <laughs> John Trouble. Yeah, why aren't you talking? All right, yeah, so tell us about yourself. <clears throat> what do um, you want to know? I guess you have kids. You want more? That's good for now. Thank you. So you can have some more white So what bread. are we drinking? I don't know. What are we drinking? Oh, my gosh. I just pulled the bottle out. I think it's the same thing we drank last week, right? No. 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 Was... no. We, did the, we did the tasting from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is this from Blind Barrels. No. We haven't had the pin hook yet? Huh, I don't think so. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let we me had, we, we, we brought on. it. I think we brought it. And we put, did the Anne's six... Uh, all right. Let me put on my, my, my best carry voice. <clears throat> Go. <laughs> so this is a pin hook straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, 16 hands, vertical series, aged five years, and it's gray. <laughs> and it's, it's gray? gray. What? The label is gray. I know. The, that was not even gray. Well, 
I was Where, just more of I, I just like how I sounded like Carrie. It's like oh sick. People are gonna be like, was that Carrie? John, what are we drinking? This uh, comes out of uh, Kentucky. Yingling. Though. Traditional log. You guys are drinking beer, which is Yingling. Darn near sacrilegious. Wow. Well, all right. On so our it's show. like 110 degrees outside. It's beer and we're, we're inside in the air conditioning. It's whiskey weather. Hang on. Chris has got to put water in his whiskey. I will. Oh, yeah. Watch will. this. Watch this, John. <laughs> it's, it's an evolution. It's a production. It's a whole thing. It is. You're such a snob. I, I just. Look, you man. have white bread before you drank, and you're putting literally oh. less than a raindrop of water. There's more water on your paper tablet no. than there is in your glass. No. John, the Kiss. look on your face is priceless. It's, hey. like, it's like I'm at work. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a production. It's a production. You don't go to work anymore. <clears throat> Whoa. He doesn't. Can you say that? Sure. Cheers, everybody. 23 so, Here we go. The episode we get canceled. <laughs> Can you label it like that? <laughs> okay. So. There we are. There, there I was. Dad, tell us about yourself. Just so people have some context. context. What would you like to know? Age, weight, height, sign. <laughs> I'm a Leo. <laughs> Stop sign. Kind of says it all. Now, uh, I'm uh, Andrew's dad. <laughs> Perfect. Father is six. Been in the Suffolk area for 15, 16 years. Uh, military guy. Been in the Navy for 36 years. About to retire in a month. Well, start my term and leave in a month. Retire at the end of this year, in December. And I'm looking forward to the next chapter of my life. There you go. You get the contractor starter kit? Uh, this yeah. guy is going to be unemployed for the remainder of his days. Oh, there you go. I, I'm going to mooch on my kids. Oh. Did I not tell you that, Andrew? <laughs> That's the plan, Andrew. <laughs> this podcast better just start doing better. <laughs> no welcome Walmart for you, no. Uh, yeah, I'll mow lawns if I need to, but there that's about go. as much. With an old school mower with, like, blades. <coughs> oh, yeah. Or... No electric mower. Just Might to... be. Might be. All right. Cool. Excellent. Well, there you go. Any other questions? Great well, show. Well, that's been great. That was... <laughs> Thank you. All right, Thanks so I will lay out the topics. And Enjoy the beer. <laughs> we have a lot of it. Talk amongst yourselves. This is the part we just allow people to talk. Do, 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 do. All right. So anyway, here's the context of or the topic for today, and we'll go down various rabbit holes. So the other day, I was sitting in the kitchen listening to my mom and dad talk, and they were talking about something, and they each had opinions on it, and then they instantly turned around and said, "But you know, we thought different when we were younger." And so they kind of got me thinking. It's like, is there, especially with him retiring, is there a, things in your life now? that you look back on, you go, wow, I really do think of that different, or I hold that differently, or I, you know, like, at what point does the wisdom, do you look at things and go, wow, I was really dumb, or wow, I wish I had that thing, or different motivations, that kind of thing. Do you look at things different now versus, let's say, 10, 15 years ago? No, absolutely not. I've always been right, so nothing has changed. <laughs> no, I, I do. I mean, I think everybody does. You start seeing life through your kids' eyes. You start seeing them make the same choices, good, bad, or otherwise, that you've made through life, and you start realizing that your perspective when you were their age is probably their perspective now. It's not the same perspective you have now. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, everybody's got to learn on their own. Um, sometimes you wish you could save them the burden of the hardships that's going to come with that decision, but you got to let them learn. So there are different perspectives. Um, 
based on your age, based on your life experience, and based on the time, you know. I've Like I said, I've been in the Navy for 36 years. I've loved every minute of it. I wouldn't trade anything that has happened, but I think I've run my course on it, and I'm looking at my career, look back at the kids now, and it's they've got a whole different mindset than I had. Um, I don't know where my mindset was when I was their age, probably pretty similar, but it's a different mindset. It's a different Navy, though, right? I mean, that's like the number one thing that people say. It's a different service. And you don't just see that in the Navy. I mean, you see it in, we talked about it, we mentioned it last podcast about sports. Players are more about the money versus the winning. You know, they don't really care about winning sports. They, winning games, they just care about the money. I mean, the military, you know, I, I mentioned like friends and stuff who they sign up for the Navy and they go, I don't want to go out to sea. And you're like, what did you think you were going to do? Yeah, look, mm-hmm. catch a clue. But I think the, the military, like anything else, is reflective of the entire environment and our government. I think, you know, I, like I said, I love the military, but I think it's gotten a little bit overinflated. But I don't think that's necessarily the responsibility or the desire of the military. We're led by, you know, the president and by our Congress, and we're told what we're doing. There's 32 times more flag officers per unit than there were in hmm. in World War II, you mm-hmm. know, to make decisions. We were fighting a, war, a global war, and we had 32 times fewer flag officers making decisions. Every time there's something that comes up, whether it be sexual assault or suicide or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the flavor of the day for social uh, issues is, we throw money at it and throw a, raise the level of decision-making to an extraordinary level. And I think it's detrimental to our government. I think it's detrimental to our service. I think it's detrimental to any level of life that you look at. Our school system, you know, principals can't, even practice common sense. They're given a guideline like zero tolerance, you know. And so they automatically take this kid that's normally good and have to send him off to reform, you know, kick him out of school for a month or six months or whatever it is. When you know the kid, you know this is just a silly thing to do. So we've taken away the, re- the ability for junior people, educated people, people in positions that should be authoritative to make a decision, and we bumped it up to such an extraordinary level, it's not even funny, you know. You look at military, and I don't want to harp too much on the military, but you look at the military, and in a submarine community, you got a, a 05, a commander mm-hmm. that is in charge of a ballistic missile submarine, could send the world into World War III, uh, Armageddon at his hands, and then you get to the Pentagon, and that guy's lucky to make coffee and copies, mm-hmm. you know, because he's got a brief four levels up. I mean, I sat in three briefs this week just to give a brief to a, a, another flag officer. It's, you just keep throwing this bureaucracy at it, and one of the things that I've gotten tired of seeing, I'm in the manpower business, is sitting in a room with 40 other people trying to figure out how we're going to get more warfighters out to the front line. And you look around the room and go, well, <laughs> here's 40 billets that are admiring the problem that should be sent out to the fleet. And, you know, the military's answer, driven by Congress, driven by the president, is you know, set up a new committee, a new branch to handle this. And then you get so spread out, you get people that don't know what the heck they're doing. And so they've got to be educated. So you hire additional contractors, you hire additional civilians to try to bring some subject matter expertise to it, and the bureaucracy levels just keep going. And then you don't get anything accomplished. And so, yes, the military has changed, but I don't think it's because the military necessarily wants to change. We're trying to adapt to the demands placed on us. You know, and there are some real-world demands like cyber warfare. It's a whole new community that's very complex, um, which 
you know, maybe we just go back to paper and pencil and we don't have to worry about the Chinese That's stealing our funny. garbage, you right? You should say that. Wasn't yeah. that a thing in Afghanistan when they couldn't find people? They're like, we can't find these people. We have all these satellites. And they're like, yeah, because they're using, like, letters and they're, they're like, sending letters to people and stuff like that. It's like, that's right. why you can't track them. Yeah, sometimes you need to take a step back to move forward, you know, in the Navy. When you, I was on Night Watch, we used to practice, you know, the light signals and stuff like that and have the guys go out and shoot the stars because right oh. now we're, we're common on the, oh, we just, we don't need to do that because yeah. we've got GPS. GPS. Yeah. Well, guess what? So do the Chinese, so do the Russians. They got GPS and they shut that satellite yeah, down GPS and you got jammers. nothing. That's how Pearl Harbor happened. The, yeah. the Japanese steam, they came all the way across and they were using flags and stuff. They weren't tracking. You like we couldn't track them. They didn't use radio signals. They didn't use anything. Uh, well, they we flew into the sun. Oh, we did We didn't but, know that they had left. Well, right, but because everybody went, well, we can't. And we had we had cracked their code. But we couldn't. But they, when the Japanese, they used mm -hmm. flag. They kept track of each other through flags. They used no radio Get communication. No, they didn't. I'm, I'm telling you, they didn't. I'm telling you, they did. Okay. Well, we'll invite, but, we'll invite so, so, Japanese assemblers. But I, I found it fascinating that you bring this up. Because in the back of my car the other day was a sheet of paper. And uh, when I say what it is, you'll, you'll immediately recognize it. But Chris was asking me, he's like, what is that? And I was like, well, this is what we used for um, uh, driving ships back in the days. It was maneuvering board. Paper. Oh, yeah, mobile boards. Yeah. And, uh, and so I kind of described that and explained that a little bit and then said, but we don't use these anymore, right? So we don't shoot celestial navigation anymore. We don't do yeah. There's a lot. I mean, so we don't even have paper charts, right? So everything's all, all electronic at this point in time. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that sometimes you have to walk backwards a little bit. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Um, so not only to borrow from your page, John, but also a little bit of Chris's. I think that we've gone down this path thinking this was newer, better, shinier. And by God, we needed some of it. Um, and what we realized walking into this wild, wild west kind of a world is, hmm, this is pro we probably haven't figured out all the un unintended consequences of that. Perhaps <clears throat> going back a little bit might be smart. Be interesting. Absolutely. And, you know, the Air Force, my last I know, the Air Force stopped having navigators shoot cell. I mean, we used to have to do cell, cell lines for the nav. Just go out, put on autopilot, go straight, let them shoot nav out and back. So they could do it. I, I, I know at least one navigator who <clears throat> actually had to navigate his his crew to back to back across the Pacific because they lost a system using cell. Mm. So I mean, you wonder why, why why would you not have that in your hip pocket? It's a lot yeah. cheaper as a taxpayer. I'd say it's a lot cheaper for somebody to use a compass than a GPS system. But I think we've also become accommodated to the growth, like sitting at my desk at work, right? You used to used to handwrite everything or right, right. whatever, and you'd have a yeoman that would type it up for you. I got rid of the yeoman because they thought, we'll just go computer, and everybody right. has spell check. Well, now everybody has three monitors, and now the monitors are getting bigger, and they got to be replaced every year. So as a taxpayer, I look at it, and I'm like, what are we doing? And oh, by the way, nowadays, sorry for the younger generation, they can't write a letter without spell check. You know, yeah. R does not mean the letter R. A-R-E is R. Yeah. You know, U. Yeah. Wait, what? Y-O-U. <laughs> not you. And they just Wait, don't what? write it. Y-R-U could be the letter Y, R, uh -huh. and U. So that's not how you do it? No. Oh, I see that. <laughs> Chris is being funny. I got you. <laughs> it's difficult to tell. <laughs> it's not his forte. True. <laughs> True. 
So I, w- I wonder how much of that, I, I think, so a statement that you made earlier was that, you know, is the military changing or just responding to society? We are a highly, uh, we, we consume a lot of things in our society, use and toss out. Um, and, f- and and in the tossing out, I think we're probably looking for the newer, shinier penny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much of that has snuck into the military, too. Because I remember the, uh, so I remember the promise of the paperless Navy. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Do away with paper. And the first thing you do when you get that brief is print, print it. Out. Print it out. Because I got to see it. Absolutely. Everybody at the table's got a brief, and there's twelve <laughs> monitors on the wall showing the brief. Yeah. And, and there's three people in the room that know what the hell that brief is all about, and the yeah. rest of you are. Huh. So, so again, I mean, I think I like I like it. I'll hold on to the wild, wild west. This is the early days, and I, I fully because we're only we're not even twenty. Well, maybe twenty years into this. When I came, when I came in. In '93, and end of '93, showed to my first squadron. We had computers; they were networked <clears throat> inside the the squadron. I mean, you could you had email. And we did PowerPoint briefings, and 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 okay, that's that's what twenty some odd years ago, almost thirty years ago. That's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time. And, and I, I I do think that we'll find our comfort zone with all this. I complain, John. You have the same issued carry probably the same issue our computers are so secure that the performance is so degraded i mean I, I i can't tell you how often in a day and i think you know if i conservatively there's like an hour total in the day that i'm waiting on my computer mm. all through the day i mean added added up it's probably an hour of my time whether there's a restart because they're loading something or just a restart because the system crashed and it couldn't handle it or one of the program crashes, Excel crashes all the time from I don't know why. So you're, you're talking non. So are you talking a classified system? Or you, no, no. Oh, okay. This is Nipper. That's interesting. This is Nipper. Oh, I mean, really? this is yeah. It, it, it just it's so secure. Yeah. I mean, it's secure in the sense that we're, we're fighting to keep things out. Right. And I think we're we're wanting to get to zero without realizing that you're not going to get to zero. So you've got to figure out how much risk you want to accept. I was in the Air Force. You got two Navy guys here. It's a shame, um, but I will always say, give kudos to the Navy for the the command authority, like like the idea that or commander's intent, I should say, that you guys have, throughout your history operated really well with that. And that's that's I think you bred very good leaders under that, where you send you know back in the day, however far back you want to go before the electronic age, where you send guys out with a bow at. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. We'll see you in six months or a year or two years, you know. And mm. then, it, it, yeah. So I'll take the kudos, but yeah. but to Andy's point, I think I, I don't know if we could. I, let's say you turn off all the lights right now. I don't know if we could fight. Yeah. Turn off all the electronics. Turn off all the lights. Turn off all the navigation systems. You know. Right. Assume you can still propel and fire missiles. Or something. Is the the newest carrier their launching system? Is that all electromagnetic? So um, the you're talking about the arresting cables? No, I'm talking about the launcher, the the, the catapult. Yeah, the, the, it's the, electromagnetic. So it's the same thing. This use that to launch them and also. Yeah. So my my point being is that that's not steam anymore. That, no, it's, it's a um, it's an issue. We'll talk offline. So, all right, so but that that gets to your point. <laughs> yes. I mean, so. Is there a backup? Is there a way to? Those are the questions I would have. I know it's a really pretty paperweight. You can see it when you go over the bridge. Airplanes, airplanes are are the same way, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it gets, my original point was, I don't think the military, if you look at the operational forces of the military, you know, you go out to sea and you see the commander who's running a submarine, you see the 06 who's running an aircraft carrier. Yeah. They've got it down. It's the government part, and this is John's opinion, not the military opinion or my position opinion. It's beyond that. It's Congress. It's the joint staff. It's putting these pressures on us to say cut budget. Well, if you're going to cut budget and they direct us to do things such as go paperless, no more maps, um, no more charts, everything's going to be navigational, we're forced to do that. It's not our necessarily our choice, but one of my jobs, I used to be on the manpower requirements for joint staff, and every year they're asking for 2,000 more man pieces of manpower, cut. people. No, oh. asking us to give up 2,000 more to the joint staff to go oh. do things. Gotcha. And it's just, you've got to, I think you've got to redefine what the function of the military is. Mm. Because a lot of the times you found out, I, I felt that they were asking us to do things that were Department of State issues, but mm. the Department Back of State wasn't getting it done. Days, baby. Internal yeah. mission creep. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. internal yeah. mission creep. So it's like, you're right, we should be doing that. It should be done, and everybody's got the right intent, but we're not coordinating as a government body to make it all happen concisely. So you definitely didn't see this when you first went in. I mean, here's a, we, we started off with kind of, you know, how's the view from the back end of the, the back end of the back 40, you know. I, I didn't, because uh, when I joined, you know, I was a Johnny Seaman recruit and, you know, yeah. E1, and I did what I was told, and I got to go do what I love to do and operate in the Navy. And I think most people in the military love their jobs. I just think the the bureaucracy has taken over now that I'm an 06. I get to see that bureaucracy more and more and realize I'm generating the same PowerPoints that I did when I was a lieutenant junior grade. Yeah, yeah. And we're just observing the problem from a new set of eyes and a new new perspective. Yeah. It's not fixing anything. And until they stop... The gov- Here's a good example. Outside the military, the Congress, what's their... They have a job, right? They're supposed to pass a budget. When's the last time we passed a budget? On time. Congressionally, there's, there's a... Congressional mandate to pass it within a certain time frame. And right. I don't think we've made that it, in it, years. It doesn't happen. But did you know there's a congressional committee, I heard on the radio, not a fact checker, but I heard on the radio, that there's a congressional committee looking into the Washington football team or whatever the heck their new yeah. name is. Yeah. Their that's what they hostile work environment. That's, hostile what, that's what Congress is for. Yeah. What What is that about? What does that remind you of? What I talked about before? A lot of sad things. PEDs. Baseball PEDs. Right. Like, right. What, what in the world is the U.S. government doing? Yeah. Having a congressional hearing on PEDs. Yeah. Thank you very much. So now, now we're talking about f- football. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Can't pass a budget. Can't do your job. In fact, but, that's, but we can. But. Let's, let's pass another holiday. You know, let's make another National Donut Day by congressional authority. But we can't pass a budget. And not passing a budget is what leads a lot of government businesses into problems. You know, the, the Navy can't operate successfully because Congress says, we're going to give you a $10 billion budget cut. How are you going to accomplish that? So you come up with something crazy to get the $10 million, like cut a carrier. And I go, okay. And then five years later, you go, eh, you're not going to cut that carrier. Yeah. Well, what what about all the people I needed to man that carrier and all the systems and the training systems that came? So Congress, do your damn job. Pass a budget. So don't worry about Washington. (laughs) <laughs> we've we've seen talk about the evolution we see it in like customs in the air force i don't know if it's in the other services the women can now wear ponytails mm-hmm. i'm seeing more and more men with facial hair so i think they're they're grinning that waiver more and probably moving towards the at some point that our military will allow 
Bajor, like a lot of other militaries do. Isn't that a, it's a, it's a safety risk though, right? When you're on like a carrier or something, your mask can't suck to your face if you have facial hair? Used to be. Depends. It used it to be. Anymore. I don't know that they've evolved with the face mask. Depends. Or what. I don't know what, what your requirements are, but once we put our mask on, it's, it's uh, forced oxygen, so it's pressured out, so nothing can get in. I don't know what you guys Ours do. Ours requires a facial seal, usually. Oh, okay. There's a rubberized piece here. Yeah. And if you've got facial hair there, I, I don't theory, know how you're going to work around that. Yeah, we, in theory, we were supposed to, I mean, as a contractor, you're supposed to not have a beard but in the airplane, but we all did. So. Well, that's when Darwin theory comes in, right? Yes. Yeah. Point is that we're seeing, ev- we're seeing evolutions already. Tattoos, I mean, that's used to be the no-go, and now you, you can have them, at least in the Air Force, you can see them. Um, I will tell you, John, that I've, I've, in the back of my head, I've thought about this issue about, I'd look at it as uh, redundancies across services. And my big thing, and one of these days I'll probably sit down and put a lot of brain power to it, is we need to eliminate the services. And we need to organize around functions. Nationally, you mean? I mean the military, the- absolutely. I, look, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, you will have a naval force that owns the BOATs, but for flying, I mean, cap is cap. Listen, you can take your Star Trek uh, world. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what structure we use for rank. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense for me. No, I'm talking about kind of this unified force that you're talking about. No, no, it's not unified. We're just organized around functions. So I think about flying. A carrier landing is simply a qualification. That's all it is. So you said, you're saying instead of having Navy pilots, Marine pilots, Air Force pilots, you they're just have pilots. pilots. Exactly. Well, I'll bring up the issue that, or uh, oh, I'll take something out of you again, a page out of your book, Chris. There we go. So just you have no one to blame but yourself. Uh, That's not Chris's style. I know. <laughs> An important unifying force is language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't speak the same. Language. We do not. So, so funny you say that. <laughs> funny you say that. I am trying to, uh, uh, trying to put, put together the uh, next iteration of my exercise. Wow. And I've got a, uh, some players coming from SOCOM, and I need social security numbers. And the guy at SOCOM cannot, PII, baby. cannot send them to me, yeah. even if he marks in PII, because the certificates don't match. <laughs> We're in the same military. Nope. We don't see. Doesn't work that and, way. And that's, to me, that's exemplar of what you just said. We don't speak the same language. Yeah, yeah. So, in my head, again, pilots are pilots, Swallows boat are drivers are boat drivers, amphibious. Oh, I mean, we do. Who, who's done, who has done more amphibious? Yeah, but, but Aegis is different than, say, like littoral combat or. Who, but that's, a, qual- that's a qualification. That's all it's a qualification. And then, and then, who's done more amphibious landings over the years? The Marines or the Army? The army. So, so do we need a marine force? I mean, so you're speaking heresy. This is all heretical. And do we need four? If you want to count the Coast Guard, five, five different uniforms. Six Space Force. Oh, I thought we were trying to do the whole unifying uniform thing. First of all, I like the old Navy uniform. World War II uniforms are yeah. the best in my mind. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Bell bottoms, But talk Dixie about cups. manpower waste. We've got an entire branch that There's changes nothing. the freaking uniform exactly. every year. For each service. For every so service. So my, my point is, you want to start getting rid of redundancies, then you do that. Because you'll, very, you'll find out very soon how much redundancy you have. There's no, there's no, reason, there's no reason that we've got all these 
Start messing it's, with my choker white's uniform, Mister. I don't. I don't care which one we adopt. I don't care. As, well, an, Air Force, as an Air Force guy, I don't have a say because I'm the youngest. Doesn't the right? Constitution the, say you can only have? You, mandates you have to have a navy. It doesn't say anything else. That's right? right. So I think you're right. We should just have a navy. <laughs> but you and can't you have, just have fall a, in you line. You can't just have a navy because because where your where your deep strike capability. We'll just call it all Navy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I don't care what you call it. Words have meaning my, all Navy. My point Nine. being is that... There are deep strike Navy branches. Good re- job. You remove remove the these distinctions that create the need to have... Well, I need, yeah. I need a Marine version of that. Hell, think of how no, much we could save with you know without the racquetball courts and swimming pools that there we have to go. maintain for the Air Force. Golf course. I've never heard a Navy guy complain once about being on an Air Force base. It's because <laughs> ever. we hardly ever get there. <laughs> ever. <laughs> are you kidding me? What's all can't swing a cat without, without hitting Navy guys on the... On the oh, I yeah. love going to a Navy... or I love watching Air Force guys come oh. to a Navy base. Oh, yeah. Because you get an Air Force captain who's an O3, mm-hmm. and he comes on and goes, I'm Captain yeah. so-and-so, and suddenly, like, That's everybody's... Right. Like, oh, River Park. what I mean? Yeah. We, we learned that in pilot training when we'd make reservations at a Naval base, and the IP would might be a captain. And uh, they very clear to tell us, when you say that, make sure you... Remind that you're Air Force, because otherwise that oh, yeah. that O three is gonna end up in the in the VIP suites. Exactly. Somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just I just think that we could we could eliminate a lot of waste, and and I understand. I would love to have the discussion with someone who's gonna talk about like tradition. Oh, what about the tradition, dude? Well, look, you can't do traditions anymore. You guys have like it's. I'm just telling you. You tra- woke yourself out of them. Tradition is gonna weigh us down. It. I mean, we're about evolution. We're about so, m- changing. No, you guys had. You have cards in boot camp now that if you get stressed yeah. out, you can it's raise them. My red like card. flags. It's my yellow card. I need but when you go to war, you'd be I like, hang on, out. stop shooting. i got to raise my flags. So I have two points. As the businessman, they t- teach in business redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. So, you know, so there, is, there are going to be people that are going to say, well, you know, you want to be redundant in case this falls, and then you have this, then you have this. Or, you know, but it also leads to my second point. Do you guys feel like we've, educated quote-unquote educated ourselves out of common sense i you know like people go to school and they go i read it in a book how to do this and then somebody who's like okay just because you read it in a book how to do this doesn't mean that's like the easiest way to do it because you've never really gotten your hands dirty i think back to you know we spent millions of dollars on how to use a pen in space and the russians used a pencil Mm -hmm. and they were just like we'll just use a pencil do you feel like we've, as a society, we've forced education to where now everybody's overeducated and they don't know the basis, the get your hands dirty type stuff? Is the ant colony breaking down? Is that basically, I mean, we kind yeah. of don't understand. You know, I don't know. You look at it from the military standpoint, you go to school and then you became, you're, so people go to school and you become an officer, so they were never really enlisted. They didn't Mustang it. They weren't, heah, I went enlisted and then, I'm not saying, but nowadays people don't do that. They, they a lot, don't. Yeah. A lot like of people, a, a lot of people yeah. don't. I mean, historically, a lot of people have not done that. Yeah. So, but but you, so you have people that are leading people, like leading military people, that never did the job that they're leading people on how to do. They read it in a book somewhere. Well, I think that's, I don't know about maybe, but that's a lot of what happens. Well, right. But do you think that's a problem? Uh, y- yes and yes. No. I don't know. Sorry. Yes and no. I'm, I'm with John. I mean, as a good leader, you find a person who knows what they're doing and rely on them. That's the the difference there is the leadership. Yeah. I think you can you can't replace leadership. If you learn it from the deck plates and you respect your people and they they're going to respect you cuz you walked in their shoes. I'm I'm a Mustang. I appreciate that. Um 
So from that perspective, I think you, you've got a different level of leadership. The educational part, I don't think we're educated enough. Correct. I think, I think we, but you got to look at what the, for example, the military. I got my, my degree to become an officer in food and resource economics, right? I could tell you how to run a meat packing plant and breed chickens. What the hell does that have to do with being a service warfare officer or human resource officer or whatever you want to do in the Navy? The reason the military looks at bachelor's degrees, at least at that time, was to be to know that you're able to learn, to able to be taught so that they can teach you. And then they do a good job of teaching you what you need to know. There are degrees, like engineering degrees, to become a nuclear operator or something like that that are more specific or legal or medical. But generally, they just want to know that you are capable of the stress and the academic rigor right. to learn. And then they'll teach you what they need to teach you. You go back to even back as far as the Civil War, World War One, even World War II, those officers had what we would call a class, most of them had a classical education. They at least had read the Greek. If they didn't speak it, they understood what it was and they could tell you about it. So that's an example. So they read the classics. They had much more Socratic approach to, to the classroom. Um, and so they were literally taught how to think. And I don't know about your experience in college, but I mean, there weren't a lot of classes where it was how to think. It was, can you give this back to me correctly? Which is not how to think, um, and, or how to learn either. I guess it is kind of how to learn, but not, maybe not how to think. The point is, is that I think that's where the ed education system is broken down because it's all about meeting what? S right, the samples of behavior and hmm. testing and what have you, not how to think. Yeah. So, I mean, another, this is why I said yes or no. Oh, I'm sorry. I said yes. You guys said yes or no. Um, so I think we have a problem with how we learn. And not from the perspective of solely the absence of a classical education or the absence of encouraging folks to think through problems. Mm -hmm. But also from the perspective of, I can't, I, I'm probably going to butcher this, so be patient with me. I think the pace of and volume of material might be going a little bit faster than our brains are able to grasp. <clears throat> the reason I think that is uh, I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that when I went through college, if you were a comm sci major, you know, at the end of the four years, typically four years, computer science had not evolved that much you were actually learning material that you could then go and maybe apply, innovate with, and so on and so forth. Not so much anymore. Not any longer, right? So you start in and by the second year in culinary school, and I call this a bad example, second year in some field, the field is now outpaced the material that's being taught. So the application thereof is stale by the time you've graduated. Um, I'm also conscious of the fact that um, someone was talking about the adver the um, oncoming use of AI technology and the fact that it would be exponential growth. So it's not what we were used to, right? So dad uh, taught son, and in a generation there was a little bit of a shift, but it wasn't, you know. Um, this one would be, you know, just like I said, exponential growth of knowledge, the capability to teach oneself, I'm talking electronically, and that kind of growing on itself repeatedly. Um, and I'm not sure our human brains are able to grab a hold of that. So 
<clears throat> that's a challenge, how we learn. And I, I'm not sure we, we really, I don't think we have really matched that up appropriately. And it might bite us here in, a, in, in the long run. But then that's one of my concerns. The second one is really about this, we talk about it every once in a while, this meritocracy or the lack thereof. So you brought up the Civil War, Chris. Those that learned at West Point, you know, um, they were able to probably get their feet on the field. And, and if, they, if they did well, like Grant did eventually, you know, he rose to um, preeminence. There were others that, you know, went and just basically said, okay, this is my, these are my bubbas and we're all riding out together and ended up having laudable careers by the strength of their own character and their fortitude, their innovation, and so on and so forth. I fear that we're moving away from that. And I'm not quite sure if you can correct from that, either self-reimposed devotion to meritocracy or externally forced. But I think you'll find out pretty quickly if, for example, you know, you end up in combat and you've got individuals that, you know, if you're in the Civil War and you've got individuals that aren't performing, if everybody's a McClellan and not, not, not willing to fight, eventually you start losing, right? Um, anyway, those are I mean, random thoughts in my brain. You see that two, two things. First, in, his, in history, you know, you look at great classics, like Leonardo da Vinci. Nobody taught Leonardo da Vinci to, do, to make the inventions. He just kind of did it. He kind of painted. He didn't go to art school to do it. He just did it. And you kind of, in, in, well, I'm, I'm a film major, but you know, in film you see this is a lot like Steven Spielberg, right? People talk about all these great movies, and they're like, well, where'd you go to school at? He goes, I didn't. I just made movies. And now you see people, they go, and they, well, did, where'd you go to school at? Where'd you get a degree at? Where'd you learn about this? Where'd you learn about that? And there's a lot of people out there like, just make the movie, especially with today's technology, which is the, in, in the film world, they're like, okay, your level of understanding needs to catch up with the fact that the technology is so there to where like, you can make a movie on your phone. I don't want you to go to school to learn how to make a movie anymore. Just make a movie. Like, try it, play with it, you know, watch movies, that kind of thing. So that's like the big, I don't know, I don't, you don't see that a lot anymore. Now people go, well, I, I haven't gone to school to learn how to do it versus I just haven't tried it, tried it and failed, tried it and failed, and then finally tried it and got it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you see a very hard divide now. There's not... At least in, in, in my opinion, do. Well, I think you bring up a good point, and we talked a lot about military, but outside the military world, I think like our educational system is kind of failing in that, again, not to harp on the government, but we keep shrinking the budget for school systems, and then we wonder why our kids don't have any basic skills to figure stuff out. When I went to school, I went to a school that had auto shop, woodworking shop, you could weld, you could do small engine repair, theater. We had our own school newspaper. All the sports were there. Every, I mean, every sports, home ec, computer science, you could try everything, right? And when you were in high school, that was a place of discovery. You didn't know what you didn't know. So you try something for, you know, six weeks or two months, whatever the semester was, and you figured out you don't like it. I tried art, you know, drafting, liked it, but wasn't good at it. So move on to the next thing, auto shop, try it. And two points on that. One, I think separate topic, youth nowadays are lost and they're you know, you got this bullying and you got people like dressing like cats at school and crap like that because they you know, when because they've got like very limited areas to express themselves. You're either a jock or a brainiac or whatever. When I was a kid, there were a 
bunch of different areas to locate, you know, to figure out where you fit in. If you were a theater person, there was theater you could get into. Schools are cutting that. You know, they, they're cutting music. They're cutting athletics. They're cutting gym. They're cutting all sorts of programs. So as a kid, you don't have the opportunity to experience that and figure out what you want to do. So then you're just getting the education for the purpose of education. You're not able to pursue your passions like maybe you want to write. Maybe you want to be an artist. Maybe, you know, whatever. Theater. You get an opportunity. We should go back to the full round of opportunity because all we've done is elevated it. You, you come out with a basic right. education, and now you got to go to junior college because you didn't learn crap in the school system, right? And then you get your four-year degree, you know, the government $200,000, and you don't even like what you're doing because you never got an opportunity to experience it. So my opinion, John's opinion, is you got to push it back. you got to expand the basic element, the basic high school experience to where you can try different things, figure out where the heck you fit into this world, what your passion is, and then you can pursue it. Because there's a lot of people, and I saw it when I was in college, a lot of people that were going for that degree, and they got the, the leather-bound piece of paper, you know, and said, I've, I've got a bachelor's degree. And they didn't want to do that. Or, you know, they, they were just one of the millions that were getting processed out that year with a business degree, and they didn't need it. So, you know, we, we've got to get back to the apprenticeship programs, the internship programs, the on-the-job training programs, because you don't need a degree to, to have a good life if you're doing what you like. So what I'm hearing is you're going <clears> to <throat> consider running for school board. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> There's a seat open up in your borough. That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, moving to Florida. If, John, if you're listening to the podcast, we've talked about all this. We've talked about the the... We've established this. He doesn't listen to the podcast. That's a good point. I asked him to do this, and he goes, what podcast? Exactly. You do what? <laughs> you have a podcast? We, we, we don't. Well, I mean, there are several layers in this problem. One is the, the fact that we don't allow the teachers, and maybe the principal's not even allowed, to hold people accountable. So you can't hold people back. You can't fail them. And that's a very broad brush, I know. But the stories we've heard of people who get pushed through the system just because the numbers look good. Vice, did you learn anything? Did you meet the standard? Um, my son didn't turn any homework. Why can't he have half the credit? Oh yeah, here's half the credit for not doing any work. That kind of thing. Uh, so the parents aren't, I mean, I don't know how invested the parents are. I don't know how much support the teachers and the principals have. Uh, those are issues, and then we talk about the curriculum. You know, it's not, again, not how to think, it's can you repeat this back? And we've talked at length in previous shows about the what appears to be a, a lack of the emphasis on the non-college route uh, as a viable option, and that's not there as well. Yeah, um, I, so I'm interested in riffing off of this, the, what appears to be maybe a blurring of what used to be a very hard line. There used to be the military world and the way things were done and the civilian world, mm. the way things were done. And, you know, I wonder if that's going to end up affecting us in future military endeavors. We seem to be blending more and more civilian stuff into the military world. You know, Andrew brings up one, the, here's my, I'm, I'm stressed, I need a safe space because the MTI is yelling at me, and I don't know how to handle it. I'm in, I'm stress guards. Be in the non-military guy in the room, there used to be a certain level for military guys that used to be, for lack of better phrasing, like hard and tough. And now we see guys come through our like our restaurants and they're dressed in military uniforms 
I'm like, you look like Jabba the Hutt. How are you in the military? And they're not wearing the cybercom thing. You know, everybody always would be like, well, cybercom guys are like geeks in their mom's basement, and they can look however they want. We just want them to tap into computers and stuff. And I'm like, you're wearing a military uniform. you got a beard like Santa Claus, and you look like you could run a mile in 18 minutes. Like, how are you in, How are you the peak of our fighting forces? But, you know, in, in, social, in the social world, in the civilian world, you can't body shame somebody if they're fat, if they're out of shape. It's like, yeah. it's okay to be like this. It's like, it's not okay to be like that. Like, well, you're... Who says you can't? Well, what is it? But that's a good point. I mean... I mean, that, that's the problem is everybody thinks there's, oh, my God, there's a rule that says you can't. There, there's no rule. Yeah, We've not, got a constitution. That's all we got. Everybody else is just a freaking opinion. See, I saved the... Well done. That was, that was good. So, yeah, but on the same side, like, you you have every right to be fat and overweight, and I have every right to be like, hey, you're fat and overweight. But nowadays, nowadays you can't say that. Now you're, you know, shaming people. You're fat-phobic. I'm fat-phobic. Well, you put a Again, phobic at the end of it. Who says you can't? Who says you can't? And that we would call that, we would call that the, uh, what, the... The uh, entitled person that believes uh, they can do whatever they want, and nobody can say yeah. anything to them. That's crap. You know, we saw in COVID people going into places like Walmart and they're like, you can't tell me to wear a mask. Sorry, you don't own Walmart. So if Walmart has a policy that says you can't wear a mask, then you, I mean, you have to wear a mask, then you have to wear a mask. You don't own it. You're not entitled. So I, I think, one, we got to step back and everybody's, you can't. It's like, says who? Yeah. Probably Congress because they're not doing the budget, so they're making <laughs> bullshit rules. <laughs> you got but, you got sorry, I had to go there. Exactly. I do. Gotcha. I have an yeah, issue. I, uh, gotcha. But I'm sorry, I got off topic. No, you're, what you're, you're just fighting against conventional wisdom. That's what you're asking for. I mean, the, the consensus is that um, there are things that we won't talk about. We've talked about a lot about on this, on this That's show. The idea, the idea of, uh, you know, the whole throwing out the word transphobic. Just because I have a question, just because I want to talk about facts and truth and biological truths, that doesn't make... Oh, that, that Holly video. The Holly see. video, yes. See that Holly video? Boom, that's where I was going. She oh, is man. a piece of I work. I that thing. Yes. I don't, what is she up for? I don't even know who she is. She's a they were, they, Okay, so this week there was a hearing uh, in Congress, a subcommittee hearing on um, abortion. Okay. These were probably the people that are supposed to be passing a budget. Yeah. So, probably. Well, maybe, probably yeah. Maybe, but yes. they're, they're dealing with abortion. Okay. You're a single issue voter, John. I take it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> give me my budget. Yeah, so, no, uh, don't get me going on the abortion issue, but go ahead. Yeah. So the, the topic was abortion, and very quickly, uh, uh, Senator Holly, if you want to Who's he talking to? Uh, is addressing a, a law professor from right. UC Berkeley, I think. I don't know where she's from. And, um, and she. Um, she did not like the line it, of questioning. It evolved very, very and quickly. And she, she, she clearly, and this is um, Lowry, Glenn Lowry, black guy, um, who talks about this. Uh, instead of addressing the issue, moved to a position of power in the conversation by throwing out, again, the transphobic thing. So, right. I, I, so don't, I actually have the audio. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Wait, 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 wait. Can we do that? Why not? Is it on YouTube? I don't know. Is, is that a YouTube video? How long is the video? See, you ask a lot of questions. I don't want to get sued. Minute and 47 seconds. You can only listen to part of it. Actually, that's not even true. We had a, there's no copyright limit, so... Really? Yeah. 30 seconds is a lie. If YouTube really has a problem... Do it. If anybody sues us, yeah, we're gonna our name is Jim Bob Fisher. 
people down in the city. Anyway, the, 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 Professor again. Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, We it's, can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about are you? women are you? having pregnancies. Are you? Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist? Thank and that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed uh, to question you? Or? Yeah, so that, that was pretty much the interesting part, I think. Right. Um, yep. So you can't, you cannot, you cannot have a discussion because if you do, if they do not, in my opinion, have an answer for you, then you are transphobic. Or any phobic. Exactly, any phobic. Or, so, or something phobic. But or again, supporting violence or anything that's going to shut you down. Correct. Right? But correct. Again, like to, to his, to his point, at what point in time were you not allowed to be those things? Like I have, what like, things? like, like, so to like, be transphobic. Why if, can't oh, you be transphobic? Like, oh. when, when, when people call you, a, like, when race, race is a big topic, when people go, you're racist, why can't somebody be like, okay, and? You know what I mean? Like, at what point in time were you not allowed to be a racist? Right. It's ignorant. It's not illegal. Yeah. You can also walk in front of a bus. Doesn't make it illegal. You know what I mean? Like, you decide to walk in front of a bus, like, you, that's what you decided to do. Good for you. You're probably going to die, but... Or now you're, you're pedestrian-phobic. I'm pedestrian-phobic. <laughs> yeah. I'm bus-phobic. But, and but it is an, it's an interesting, and we talked about this, right? We talked about kind of the, um, the that wor words matter. Words matter. And, uh, Unless I'm spelling them, then they don't matter. And, and the conflating of certain words and um, a overall sense of now, I think, kind of the creation of words. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I heard uh, Gavin Newsom on the news today talking about the othering of children. And I'm like... What does that mean? Is that, is that what, in my dictionary? Is, what, where are you going with that? But what comes to mind, because of the conversation we just had before, was a quote that I took. I think it's from the 101st Airborne. I might be wrong about that, and, and so if I am, Nut, I apologize. Nuts? But No. Oh, not that one. Okay. <laughs> Respond. Nuts. nuts. No. This is, um, so soft times make, make soft oh, men. Right. Soft men. Make hard times. Hard times. Hard times make hard men. Hard men. But hard men make soft times. And, right? Hard men make soft yeah, times? Yeah, because they're doing the work. They make good times. And, well, okay. And hard a, men make good all times. All I'm saying good is. Good times make soft. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the quote is soft. Time. No. Yeah, whatever. Either way, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's supposed to convey kind of this continuity or rather a continuum. Cycle. Of 
fluctuating right. between hard and soft. And, and right about now, I right. think we've created they're, – they're pretty good examples on the military side. They're pretty good examples in the civilian side and right. the education uh, arena. You see it on a parental level too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I just – so your dad's here. Yeah, you, my dad's here. So, but anyway, was that, use, a, was that a jab at you? No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to use it. So, <laughs> so my grandfather put up doors. My dad was in the military, provided a great life. I do what I do. My son's not going to have to deal with the same struggles in life that my grandfather did, my dad did, or I did because my dad put me in a position to succeed. His dad put him. in You know what I'm saying? Like to where I, I was talking to him about it the other day. He's like, you remember spam? Like, remember when we were broke as a joke and had to eat Spam? Like, I don't eat it now. My son's never going to eat Spam because I don't have to eat Spam. But I remember when we were like six of us spam. and we were living on that, you know, that, you know, military paycheck. And there were six of us. It was like, nah, you get some Spam. Spam and eggs. That's, that's what you get. Liver and, and onions. Yeah, but I, I know it's really small, but to the point of, like, they're never going to have to, you know, have to go through that. Now, you see that across the board. That parents work their ass off to put their kids in a position to succeed. And now their kids are never going to have to deal with the same problem, like e- any of the same struggles. I, th- I also, <clears throat> I've got a, a very dear friend in Chicago. Um, she happens to be an immigrant, or at least her family came here from the from the east. Um, and now she works at a banking uh, company. Yeah, she's way up there. Anyway, um, we talk every once in a while a kind of um, the effects of going through World War One, Great Depression, World mm-hmm. War II, um, you know, Vietnam, Korea, all those things. The pain, the cycles of pain visited on every generation. But notice, just real, World War I, Depression, World War II, and the impacts on American society. Yeah. Korea, you start to see that wane. In Vietnam, a whole separate incident. 180 degrees. Right. And... and the social people at home was was associated with, but not caused by, and now go full force into Gulf War One, which I think we try to correct that a little bit in go, Gulf War One. At least the the I, welcome home. And no, no, I'm not like talking that. about the welcome. I'm talking about the. It used to be that when the, U, the U.S. went to war, the U.S. went to war. Right. Now we just have tracing tracing that from World War One to now. It's not the U.S. It's, it's the, the military. It's members. the military that goes to war, right. and society is buffered from any effects of that, so that there is that separation. Which is funny Huge. because we're a war-based economy. You look through history; every time we're at war, our economy goes to the roof. Like it just does because we start building things that the military needs. You need bullets? All right, we're gonna build. We're gonna make bullets. We need planes? We're gonna make planes. And you need government contractors at whatever ridiculous rate we charge the government for that? Let's do it. So, so historically, do we know what the kind of uh, the ramifications are when when you start seeing the military as just another subset of the society and with their role to just go out and do know. the thing? I mean, if you I, look at the Romans, you're very that, weak. That's I mean, where they it was collapsed. Going. Yeah, right. They couldn't they couldn't protect their empire. So they get to the point where they have to bring in mercenaries and they've yeah, got to. But that wasn't hire out that and, wasn't the same issue. No, I'm just. It wasn't. What do you, what, so, what do you think? That no, I would. I would uh, the, talk about the separation. I think. I think your your quote. Yeah. You know, hard hard people breed good times. Good times breed soft people. Soft people breed bad times. That's the cycle you see there. The 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 military, the government. I mean, that was all very well 
I mean, no, to, to a degree. Just, you saw the I, Romans go into, into what is now England, and they had an army over there, and then the Romans decided, that's a different army. That's not, a, that's not the Roman Empire. That's, they're just soldiers over there, and they couldn't hold it because they didn't send resources and materials and all that other stuff. So they just, it collapsed. And they recalled all their guys. I do know, uh, this was a stat I heard under um, Secretary Gates, so it's old now, um, Secretary of Defense Gates, at, uh, that we were in uniform service. Those wearing the uniform represented almost, uh, I guess it was one and a half, maybe one and a quarter uh, percent of the overall society. So you've got an extremely small sliver. Right. Gone are the days where you could say, hey, Everybody has an uncle or a cousin or a brother or somebody right, that right. was that was in the uh, was yeah, in the service yeah. or wearing the uniform, and now we're, we've come down to the point where it's it's it does feel removed from it. It does yeah. feel like uh, if there's a conflict, it doesn't. How does it affect the average person on the street? Well, also it we, doesn't. We become a money based society. Like, you know, I can either go join the military, or I can be really good at basketball, and I can play basketball at a mediocre level and make millions of dollars, and I'm good. Or I can join the military, and if I work 20 years, I'll never make as much as if I played two years of mediocre G League, G League ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, like, no, you know, know. you've got athletes about to make $48 million. I derailed, I derailed uh, Kerry on, on, by, by doing that, but it was, I mean, it, that happens. Just no, I, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just drawing some connections. I think we started mm -hmm. off with, I know that we were joking about mo boards a little bit there, but the overall idea behind a cyber attack is that perhaps a little bit of self-correcting back from our reliance on technology might be good. And I, not just in the military, in societies in general. Well, that's the, that's the piece I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, Look at schools nowadays. It's like, oh, we got to have these big projectors and all this crap. Right. No, two plus two is still four, I think. Yep. I, I can't draw out the box diagram to prove it, but I believe it is. And basics are basics. You don't need brand new textbooks every year. You don't need a big projector every year. You, you need to pay your teachers because they have to be educated and they have to continue their education and they deserve it because they're putting up with your brats. But I think we've gone too far in technology in everything we do, you know, yeah. military and everything else. Yeah, that's a hard lesson to learn, though. And I'm not... I guess that's, I kind of flubbed through that a, a while ago. I'm not sure we're going to do that on our own. But we see, I mean, 4th of July was just a couple, <laughs> 10 days ago. And, you know, you watch Independence Day because yeah. why not? Yeah. But they, not, they, knock out, they knock out the technology and they go back to Morse code. They communicate globally through Morse code. How many people do you think could even know what Morse code is? Ham well, operators probably. So like yeah. SOS is a text message. No, SOS is Morse code. Look at communications just within families. You go to a restaurant and you see mom and dad yeah. sitting across the table on their phone instead of communicating with each other. That's kids nowadays. They communicate through text. They don't talk. I mean, we've got to get back, John's opinion, got to get back to the basics and get some of this technology out of the way I don't disagree. so that we can relate to one another. We've become a society where it's somebody else's issue to deal with it. You send your kid to school, they don't behave. It must be the teacher. The uh, the nth degree of that argument, or at least that that um, circumstance, is young engineers that I've got, you know, kind of working with me that are reticent to pick up a phone and talk to somebody. They hey, I sh I sent him an email. When when was that? Two days ago. Two days ago. That's forty eight hours. I, we don't have time. You you need to 
get in your car and drive over there and stand on that guy's desk. But that whole that whole texting thing, I think, also encourages a little bit of cowardice. Oh, because I don't have to. I don't have to deal with the emotional people kind of upsetness that's going to come I'm talking about making up words right the upsetness that comes with calling somebody and saying where's the product I was looking for and and you see it in bullying too this whole cyberbullying thing people say things they would never say to somebody's face if they could bitch slap you like just saying if you said to somebody and they could smack you you wouldn't say it you'd be like "Mm, that guy's probably going to hit me if I if I said that but on the internet Nobody knows anything. I can just Again, type up a poorly grammatic. Wild, pattern. wild west, man. We're still, we're still in the growing pains. Also, not to the. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's go. it. That's it. That's a, that's a, we're still in the growing pains of this whole thing. Fifty years from now, hundred years from now. When Carrie's still around, I'll let us know. When you can speak Chinese. But not <laughs> yeah, even to the level of engineers. I'm not afraid of the Chinese. Not they've, they've, they've got because they're short. They've got issues. No, not all of them. They've got issues. I, I understand. Non short ones are playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, canceled. <laughs> These guys are racist. You can't be racist. That's right. Yeah. Wasn't that a mandate? Did one of the Congress uh, things not pass in their budget? I don't know. But anyway, not even on the engineering level, though. We have guys, we have kids that come through our restaurants, you'd be like, sweep that floor. And I'm like, I don't know how to sweep that floor. I'm like, how do you not know how to sweep that floor? You're 18. They go, I've never used the broom before in my life. I'm like, what? How yeah. do you how do you learn your how do you learn work ethic? Did you did you get that at home? Did you learn it over the years? Did, did that? Did you put it on like a robe after a while? Or no, I I learned it from the get go, and I raised my children that way. Uh, I don't believe I don't believe in allowance. Your allowance is you get to stay in the house. <laughs> your allowance is you get to be part of this family, and and if you do it right, then they recognize the rewards of that allowance. And they recognize the love and the, the family, you know, the environment that goes with it. The hard work, stuff like that. It's like Andrew was talking about before, you know, his son Jack loved the hell out of that kid. But there is something, there's a difference between my kid's never going to have to do that. That takes away from, I enjoyed working with my father. You know, we're going to change the starter on the car, crawling under the car, learning how to do that, changing the oil. Could he have paid somebody to do it? Probably. But that was me and dad time. That was him passing something down to me. And I think too many people in society right now believe that, well, my my kid's not going to have to do chores. Chores isn't a have to do. I could probably hire a maid. But you live here. Your mom made dinner. I provided the dinner. And you can wash the dishes because you're part of a family. You know, I think that we've gotten away from, we've gotten so materialistic. I hear people... Come talk to my wife attracts every crazy person in the world. Come and tell her the problems that they are having. And they're like, my kid won't get off their phone and they're up all night. And then they won't get up in the morning to go to school. I can't do anything about it. It's like, take Take the the damn phone phone away. Mm. I can't do that. Where did we give up our entitlement to be parents? Where did we, where did we decide that somebody else gets to have that say? And Going back to bitch about the government, you know, nowadays you got schools telling you you can't take your kid's phone away. And you've got parents telling schools that you can't take the kid's phone away in class. Why? Why? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. We survived. I didn't have a cell phone when I was a kid. It was be home when the 
streetlights come on. <laughs> you know, that was that was yeah. life. You yeah. don't need it. It's not a requirement, and people need to stop putting these self-imposed requirements on themselves. So, I I get I get frustrated when I hear people say that they can't control their family or their life and their surroundings, and I. I hate it when people think that because they have money or they're going to be better parents than we were, you know, provide better things for their kids. They're forgetting the inherent value of working hard for something. There's nothing more rewarding. You know, it's like a kid that learns to ride a bike. You know, you can't do it for them. They got to do it, and they rejoice when they do it, and they find a whole new level of freedom. But that's true in everything, you know, whether it be pounding in a nail or changing a starter or changing the oil in your car or buying your first car i've got six kids i didn't buy a single one of them a car they i drove them to work so that they could earn the money to get a car and they earned that money under dad's rules which was 50 percent of your paycheck goes in your savings account 25 percent goes in your pocket so you can have some fun in life and then the other 25 percent you pay for what you want today you know you want to eat lunch mom will make you lunch if you want to buy at school that's that's on you so and you need Jordache jeans. You're buying them. <laughs> Jordache. Yeah, that, I, I just dude, we're I so just aged myself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, parents parents refuse to put restrictions on their children, and they think they're being great parents by letting them have everything. And their their kids are missing something. Have you ever have you ever watched a toddler or a little kid that's learning, and they're they're starting to push the edges, and they they look back at you to see if you're going to stop them. You know, mm-hmm. how many how many kids, I don't know if you've ever counseled kids or talked to kids, you see that one kid that their parents are in all their business and they're like, my God, my parents are overbearing. They're, you've got it so good, your parents never put any limits on you. And that kid that's gotten the limits is like, that's because my parents don't care. Yep. And they grow up thinking their parents don't care. Parents got to step in. They're, their kids are failing in school not because of the teacher. It's because they're not taking the time to do the homework hold them accountable, get them up for school, take that damn cell phone away and let them do their homework. They're not pushing them. It's, if I was running for office, my basis would be accountability, and I would never get elected because there's too many people out there that don't want to take accountability. Well, we've said it before. It's easy not to parent yeah. or to not parent. It's, you know also, it's also easy to stand on the sidelines and go, I'm going to be a better parent. And then when you become a parent, you're like, holy shit, this is hard. This is not easy. Like, it just is. Yeah. Well, that goes back to your original question to me. Is there anything you see now that you didn't see back then? Yeah. Yeah. Because I love being where I'm at now, and my kids are like, you know, Dad, I know. (laughs) I was a pain in the ass as a 13-year-old. But I get your point. And I am very proud when I see my children open a door for an elder or, you know, take time and respect the flag when the national anthem is going on. They have the value for things. Let somebody go in front of them, say thank you, say please. And when some other kid is acting like a fool in the store and throws themselves on the floor and, you know, they're like, oh, my God, that's not the way it should be. But And I'm proud to say this because we taught them that's not the way it should be, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. You're losing control, Andrew. Do I ever have control? (laughs) I got Chris talking over me, telling me, you know, correcting my grammar. I got Carrie talking about politics. Just kidding. Got your dad taking notes where you're going to be liable later. <laughs> my dad doesn't take notes. Good memory. I don't even think my dad owns a pen. I, I, 
Yes. I think every generation goes through something, has something that's um, different from the previous generation. I know the digital, the technology is, is our burden to bear. Um, you know, Carrie, John, our parents are the digital outcasts. I mean, they, they, they use it, but it is, it is. Yeah. yeah. Cell phone is still for making it phone is, calls. It is. Yeah. We, three of us, digital immigrants, because we all grew up, like you said, without the technology. I remember when the VCR came online, the oh, big, man. the big no, box, remember the big yeah. box? Yeah. 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 Top. Little thing popped up and pushed down. Yeah, just holy cow! I remember when that was. Shoot, I remember the rise of the v, VHS. Um, so we're digital immigrants, and then uh, Andrew's probably too old, but most of my kids are digital natives. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not, they grew up with it. It's not going away. So again, I look forward fifty, hundred years, and it'll it'll find its place. It'll settle. Um, and I think there will be a resurgence of what we are trying to call common sense of, mm. uh, yeah, okay. It's probably not, uh, yeah, I, I can parent. I can be a parent. It'll come around. It has to. It's a cycle. So you're not, I mean, you're not that much older than, than we are. So, I mean. He's pretty old. He's kind of like, older than I am. Yeah, well, you, yes, because that's because you're seeing out. But so, um <laughs> Any, any less stressors? Or, or I shouldn't say it that way. Um, so I've, I've, I managed to have a lot of friends that are, you know, have already retired and kind of, you know, and are doing their thing. And I remember one good buddy of mine, Wayne, I asked him, and it's like, you know. What just happened? Are we still recording? I don't see any. Oh, yeah. Like, push your mic over. Like, I was taught to be financially independent at a young age, and yeah. I'm hoping I teach that to my children. So it takes care of itself. You know, the kids nowadays don't realize, and I probably didn't either. You know, you, you, if, if a kid puts two grand in the bank now and just leaves it alone, they're going to have money when they go to retire. But no kid's going to leave two grand sitting in the bank unless somebody makes them do it, right? Yeah. So I, I, I love money. Not, I don't have a lot of it. I mean, but I, at the same time, I don't think I need a lot of it because the things that bring me joy in life aren't necessarily financial. Right. I, my biggest stressor right now is how I'm going to sp- spend my time with all my grandkids and all my kids and mm-hmm. my parents and everybody spread through the world and, and do my traveling stuff. It's not necessarily financial. I think people too much try to keep up with the Joneses and worry about, you know, you, you hear people that are like, I got to be on welfare because my car's three years old. Like, okay. You don't need a new car every three years and you don't need an 80 inch TV on your wall. You Let's need not get crazy. Yeah. 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 Come on, man. You, you just gotta, you just gotta live within your, my TV's not 80 inches, 79 inches. <laughs> car said no to the bigger TV. She said it wouldn't fit. By the way, it would fit. She put her foot down. Uh, so, speaking of Kiara, okay. um, I heard, uh, I, I forget what broadcast it was the other day, but someone was, was uh, bemoaning the fact that we can't have genteel conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. And I thought, actually, it was about the audio we just played. 
why is it we can't actually talk about the topic instead of slinging Correct. dirt at each other? Which is, I would like to see in Holly go that direction. Yeah, it would have been I would nice. like to say, um, you know, he did say we can't talk about it, but he should have said, you know, we can have the discussion where you, you actually answer my, my question and answer your question, yeah. vice throwing names. So I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's all right. The only reason I bring it up is because I wanted to publicly thank Kiara because I think that's what we did the other day. Agreed. Uh, have a, a genteel, reasonable conversation. Yeah. And, and and I I greatly appreciated it. So there you go. So, John, am I here in RV in? Or what, what are we? What are we doing? Are we... Have you seen the gas prices? No, <laughs> maybe, no, maybe not, not, not an RV. Okay, gotcha. Not even a used long, long trailer. No, I'd rather get there fast, stay in a nice hotel, and move oh, on. Right, right. Yeah. How how spread out are we? I mean, is this uh, cross country type stuff? Well, we have a house in Florida, so when we okay. retire, we're going to move back down that direction. Um, <laughs> but we have. We might join you. Soon to be four grandchildren in this area and three of our kids, and then we got some in Texas. So we're going to be traveling a bit. That's beautiful. You got that face, Andrew. You hate Florida? You're not moving to Florida. Dude, it's the sixth borough of New York. He's not wrong. Every New Yorker goes there. Who hit it this time? (laughs) (laughs) Two for two. 23 strong. (laughs) There you go. You got to promise to hit the mic. Wait, you're really going to move to Florida? I think eventually. Dude, everybody he's moving to Florida. Chris, you want to move to Florida? I have a house there, too. I guess I need to go buy a house in Florida. Be part of the cool kids club. Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. There's some, give me, there's give me two years, I'll sell you mine. i tell you what. <laughs> a few years, I'll tell you mine. All right, since we're just rambling. I we talked about the shrinking amount of military people by the general population. Did we? An even smaller amount are the number of military people who stay into retirement. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. It amazes me that it's just not every state since the automatic tax that should be tax free. I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't, I'd vote for that. I don't understand. You're not talking about a large amount of money anywhere. Just make it tax free. You gave 20, 20 years to the United States. Isn't Congress? Isn't their retirement tax free? Remember, they can't uh, they can't pass a budget. So, um, isn't there there yes tax free? Yeah, absolutely. So they have to serve one one time, two one, or four one, year term. One term. Yeah. How, that's it. We give twenty years and we can't get the same break. Unbelievable. That's like get, what one hundred seventy five thousand dollars for the rest of their life a year. So what I'm hearing is, John, you're running for Congress. That's what I heard. Well, after he does a school board stint. I get, I get a, a little bit more stint. pride than that. <laughs> school board and Congress. But you know what? I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, yeah, that's a clever answer, but isn't that what we need, though? Don't more we need more. people? Yeah. Sorry, Andrew, I kicked you under the table. I'm people just, wouldn't yeah. have known that. If only we had put this on video. I just wonder. I mean, all of us know some good people. Yeah. You know, I, and, and just how would you... How would they ever get elected in this day and age? That's the problem. They wouldn't get elected. That's it. And it's not, I mean, people always it's look the at the money. presidential the election money. like the big thing. The president no. can't do crap without Congress no. behind him. So you need to look at your congressman. Yeah. You know, yeah. who's your senator? Who's your congressman? What are they voting on? The president, we're not, you know, a dictatorship. Oh, yeah. Although we sign executive orders as if we were. We are not a dictatorship. There is a legal system. There is a system that checks and balances that needs to be played, and people need to get engaged in it and know what the heck is going on. 
I, I mean, don't. That was my biggest complaint a few podcasts ago is that people don't get involved. It's nice to complain about the problem. It's a lot different to get in and, you know, jump in at it. I mean, I push the people that are retiring and stuff. It's like, you know, you guys should get involved in, like, the school system. You complain about the school system. You have a retirement. What the hell is the school board going to do? You might lose your job. Be like, okay, and I go back to being retired. Like, I'm just going to continue to buck the system until, because you don't don't have to worry about your job. Like, when people from on high come and go, well, you could lose your job, you're like, I don't care. You know what I mean? But there are people that, you know, they don't do that. They, They go from, oh, I retired to I got a job that pays me four times as much, and I got four times as much crap to, you know, now I'm in this, I'm continuing the rat race. So the, um, being sexist for a little bit, the hardest person to convince uh, when you're thinking about running for public office is your spouse. 100%. Um, so what's what's the wife unit thinking about retirement? And has she got any special requests or plans or... Uh, well, she's Smart. excited. We're both excited because I think we're on the same page. We've, um, she has supported my Navy career for a very long time. I we've lived here. Our house has been here for 16 years because we never wanted to move the children out of their school, out of their church, out of their community. I've been all over the doggone place, so we've put up with a lot of personal separation between me and her um, for the sake of our family. And our kids have always been number one in our lives. And now it's, uh, I'm very grateful all of my kids are doing fine, and they're all adults, so it's it's our time. It's 100% our time. He's adults. not talking about me. Was, <laughs> that's why I'm looking over there. Adults? <laughs> yeah. gotcha. well, he he yeah. married an adult, so. <laughs> he's got it. It's balance. We come just above par. It's all good. It's all yeah, good. so no, she's, so she's looking forward to it. We're, lo- we're very much, you know, she went and visited her mother, and her mother's got some health issues, and... Um, we want to visit our parents and stuff. She was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, well, let's just move to Texas and spend time with them. She was like, can we do it? We can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> it's a lot of We're freedom. retired. Yeah. We are retired, and that means we it's our time now. Yeah. So yeah. for however long that lasts, you know, we're going to do whatever we want to do. Excited for you. It's an interesting place to be. Yeah, it is. So I'm looking for houses without guest bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. This is where I store my clothes. <laughs> it looks kind of like a bedroom. No. It's a closet. It's a closet. Well, concentrate on getting your crap out of my house before you worry about keeping me wow. out of yours, man. <laughs> my stuff is out of your do house. You, Thank you. Do you guys want the room alone for a little bit? <laughs> a little father and Coming up next movie. on this podcast. <laughs> wow. Now it's quiet. Speaking of quiet. Just kidding. What about quiet? I don't know. I I didn't have anything backed up. I thought this conversation would go. So to be completely honest with you, I thought you'd push back a lot more on a lot of different things. Because like when we when we talk, you you like we don't seem to agree. But then in this conversation, it's like we kind of agree on things. Interesting. Like what? Hmm. Interesting. Expound upon that. eh? I mean, I think we're at two different. Well, obviously we're two different places in life. But like we have a lot of conversations. I'm very. So, like, I'm ambitious and growing business and stuff like that, and there's a lot of conversations where you're like, do you really need that? Do you really want that? Do you, you know, why don't you just, which is, you know, that's good parental advice, I guess, but at the same time, like, I remember having conversations with you when I was younger where, like, you were dream. it was big dreams of, like, I would do this and I would do this and I would do this. So I was assuming that the conversation would go, you know, that way. But it was very, 
I don't know. That's a fair perspective. But you, going back to your original question, when you, your age shifts, you kind of shift things, right? Like, yeah. let's say you won the lottery tomorrow, right? And you had all the money you wanted in the world. Like 20 years ago, I could have told you what I would have done. I would have started all sorts of businesses and stuff like that. But now I'm kind of like, you know, I got 10 years of life life. So do I really want to start a business? You <laughs> wait, know, wait, 10, 15? wait, 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 wait. Well, I mean, I'm like I'm, active life, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah you know, before you start a, slowing down and stuff, yeah. you don't, do I really want to spend it starting a business? I don't need to do that. I, I have everything I want. I mean, the funny thing is, is you talk to people and what are you striving for when you, when you picture retirement? You're kind of like, I'm going to be on the beach. I'm going to be walking in the park. I'm going to spend a lot of time with my wife, a lot of time with my grandkids. But then I know a lot of people that retire in my situation, and there are some extraordinary opportunities out there making huge paychecks. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you should do that. Why? I'm sorry, Andrew, but I don't have any intention of leaving my children rich. I gave you an education and a work ethic. Go for it. I am going to enjoy my life walking on the beach, playing with my grandkids, visiting my family, and doing whatever the heck I want. And I don't need a whole lot of money to do that. And I definitely don't need another job to do that. So when I give you the advice, because you are very entrepreneurial and you're doing very well, but how much is enough? You know, it's like the sports player, the football player, like, oh, they're only going to give me $182 million for this next five years. Is that enough? Jesus Christmas! If you get <laughs> once you gave me that one contract, I'm done. Yeah, you know it's like a drug dealer. It, people say drug is dealers. Is it done? Is it like a drug dealer? Well, people say drug dealers. You know they get forced into it because of their economic situation. Well, yeah. then you would only do it for like a year or two, right? Because then you're filthy rich. But the fact that you've got three mansions and a couple of Rolls Royces tells me it's not it's not necessity. It's greed. And people just need to stop identifying themselves with monetary things and start realizing that what you're working for in retirement, you may have right at your fingertips. Well, part of that goes with the fact that when you, people don't, I mean, we grew up with a healthy respect for money, like, you know, every dollar counted, but a lot of people today don't have respect for money. You know, I've got $5, I can spend $6. It's like, no, no, you have $5, you could spend $3, and you have $2 in case something goes wrong. But people don't have that mentality anymore. They don't understand how to... Balance checkbooks and stuff. Goes Again. back to parental accountability. Teach your kids right. Teach your kids to save. Teach well, part of that is, I mean, you know, I was blessed with having somebody that knew what they were talking about. But I talk to people nowadays that are my age that they're, you'll talk to them about basic concepts like balancing a checkbook. And they're like, mm. I have a banking app. They're like, hello? Foreign concept. Foreign concept to them. <laughs> what so are taxes? So whoever hacked you, they have your banking app too. I, I was trying to explain to somebody the different levels of taxes. I was like, okay, so you have income tax and you have short-term gains tax and long-term gains tax and capital gains tax. And like, what is all that stuff? I was like, well, how do you do your taxes? They're like, oh, I pay somebody to do that. They're like, you you make like $40,000 a year. Why do you pay somebody to do your taxes? I can understand if you made more money than that, but, you know, $40,000 a year, dude, you can just go on and do the basic e-file. Again, yeah, but it, that's a good point. I mean, I've always taught our kids to, you know, take a pencil to paper and do your taxes. And then you can go online and you can use the app and all that crap. But do it. But I don't pay taxes. And it's not because I don't make money. It's because I monitor my taxes every year. And it's like, okay, you're going to have to give Uncle Sam five grand. Where could I put that money that means something to me and make a donation? Because tax law, people are like, oh, my God, we pay taxes. Tax laws are set up to encourage things that we don't believe government should have to do. Feed the homeless. 
you know, help people get jobs, create employment, stuff like that. They're created to stimulate the economy and take care of things that government shouldn't be involved in. So, you know, get your pencil and paper out and figure out where there's those opportunities. And instead of, you know, oh, God, I got to give Uncle Sam 10 grand. Hey, I'm going to give my church 10 grand or 15 grand or whatever it takes to get you down to where you're not paying the taxes. Give it where it should be given and where you want it to be given. And you can't you can't do that on you know January thirty first. You've got to yeah. do it pre planned. Yeah. You know, and and people don't understand. Hell, there's a you can donate four grand to your grandchild into their five twenty nine educational account and write it off your taxes. Do you do most people know that? No, because no, they don't take the time. So they could have the benefit of saving money and benefiting people that they love if they would just. Stop being lazy. Well, I mean, you talk about we grew up with a pencil and paper, but people don't do that. I was talking to I was talking to you the other day about people buying houses, and they just they just pull numbers out of a hat, and they're like, "Well, it'll come back." And I'm like, "Okay, if you take pencil and paper, over the course of thirty years, that property's not coming back to the value that you claim it's going to be. You're still going to be underwater." I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, can you not do math with a pencil and a piece of paper? Like, okay, you can go online and Google what the projections for that neighborhood is and all this other stuff. No, it's fine. Like, dude, you're buying you're buying investments where you're going to be upside down because it's Emo- fine emotionally. Well, not even just well, yeah, emotionally, but again, the concept of just they pencil. think the balloon is just going to keep getting bigger. Yeah, and they're not going to. They don't understand pop. how to go back and look at history or spreadsheets or any of the other stuff. Congress works that way too. Yes, don't worry about it. Oh yes, money grows on trees. Eighteen trillion trees yeah. all produce a dollar. A lot of trees. <laughs> Because that's how basic math works. So, eighty-eight dollars to fill up my tank the other day. And you have a hybrid car. No, I'm sorry, not Mike. So this is the, the, the pickup. The pickup, yeah, it's eighty-eight dollars. I was giddy when it came under fifty. I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> I don't think I, at any time, have I put eighty-eight dollars into a car, and it wasn't like in the mechanic shop. <clears throat> you know what the sad part about that is? Yeah. Because of the way that the government has done this whole situation, none of that money is actually going to pay for anything. The oil co- oil and gas companies are still making astronomical profit. Because that money, it's not like a big tax that goes to, hey, we're going to, like a gas tax. Hey, we're going to charge an extra 10 cents a gallon, and we're going to take that gas tax, and we're going to pay off this bill. Go do something with Go it. Go do something with yeah. it. No, yeah. it's just, you know, hey, we decided to increase the cost. But so, I mean, you're seeing it in your 401ks and stuff. Is that the the cost of a gallon or a barrel of oil went under a hundred dollars for the first time in a decade, and like the stock market is slipping. So Chris and I talked the other day about the fact that some of this emergency reserve was going uh, places we didn't think it should go, and we didn't understand. I I still probably don't understand the full flush out of this. No, right? No. Um, so I had a good buddy of mine talk to me and said. Uh, and this makes sense to me, so it, I'm not a not a fact checker. So, um, but that once you you're taking it out of the reserve, it still needs to be refined, mm-hmm. right? And we're at a hundred percent on refinement capacity. I've heard the capacity thing before. We do not have a great uh, deal of refinement capacity in the United States, right? So if you're taking it out of the reserve and you're putting it in the states, so you got to send through, it through, through companies. So you're saying you got to send it someplace to get. Refined? 
well, they're not going to sit on it. They're not just going to hold it here. So is that what's happening then? That's that's what I, I mean. Uh, that's a guy told me, right? Um, so put as much weight into that as so, you want to. But. So that begs the question. Uh, 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 man, this is a good rabbit hole to jump into. I don't know. The statement of fact: oils released from the reserve. It's oil, light, sweet, crude. Light, sweet. Easily refined, but you need the refinement capacity. But you still need the capacity. Here is the refinement capacity of the United States oil industry right now. Can't absorb however many gallons of light, sweet, crude are just a million gallons a day pumped into the system. There's no accumulator that will hold it. Okay, so it's got to go someplace to get refined. So we send it. I'm assuming. Again, I'm. Trying to put it, we send it someplace to get refined, it'll come back to us. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. I don't know. Why can that not just be the news right there? Why, why, depending on which side of the aisle that news agency rests on, yeah, yeah. do you get two different spins that require, require you to pick a side? Well, either pick a side the lazy way or put a lot of time and effort into trying to pull two sides together. Instead of just saying, hey, I think, because I think, I think it's refined in like Galveston, Texas or something. It comes in off the Gulf and it's only, refined. Only if they've got the capacity. All right, that's what I'm saying. Why don't you just say Galveston's full? Calm, right. We'll calm ourselves down. We'll pump through and then, you know, like we'll just work through it. But I mean, that's a good point. Instead of just being like, they just released the oil. It's like, okay, it's got to go somewhere. Well, well okay, well, so. I, what, I, well, I'll answer your question. I think it's, it's probably politics. I mean, we're how many months away from the November election? So again, you don't want to give the other team a win. So can I ask but, a question? When we get gas or we get oil from overseas, is it refined? No. I, so it well, gets refined. It depends on where it's coming yeah, from. I don't, like I don't know that, like I don't that, know that we, so we do uh, obviously, a lot. Obviously, because the Ukraine thing is driving this whole thing, we must be getting a lot of oil from Russia and Ukraine, right? <laughs> is that, yeah. That's got to be what's driving the limitation on the amount of oil that we're No, we, 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 we were a net... We were a net exporter at the end of the Trump administration. So, okay. that's so, not an issue. so my question is: Let's get down to the re reality. This is all BS. I don't because we are not losing the capacity to gain oil as the United States because of the situation in Russia and Ukraine. So, there is no shortage of oil, and if we imported it, we had to refine it in the first place. I said, but I don't. I don't know that we're importing to refine. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. No, I'm, I'm pretty confident that. it comes to us as oil. Like well, right, but which has to be refined. Or if we're getting it from Venezuela or wherever you're saying, we're getting it from the same sources. Who's cutting us off? I don't know. Because Did, I believe in the Trump administration, I'm not going to go down a political hole, but during the Trump administration, he started using our oil reserves. No, we, we were a net exporter. Outside right. of the reserve. Right. Outside. We weren't even using the reserve. So we were pushing out. So what you we were meant? pushing we were out. Net exporter. So like, where's this oil shortage coming from? I, I don't know. But also, not Russia's not, because Russia's still exporting, because part of the whole issue is that the European Union is getting Russia's oil. They're basically funding Russia's everything because they're, they're paying them millions of dollars a day for their oil. Yeah, but certain ones are starting to feel the squeeze because Russia's starting to turn off the tap for Germany now. Right, right. Um, I will say this, that, that uh, at the beginning of the Biden administration, the guy walked in promising to shut down the industry. True. I mean, right? he did. Yeah, as yeah. a matter, he like he shut down the pipeline. Yeah. We're, we're, so no, uh, no more offshore drilling. No yeah, more, it was yeah, clear yeah, that yeah. that's where he was going. Right. And I think that this this industry is one, like many, that kind of tries to anticipate what's coming up. Any company tries to figure that out. 
And if you're shutting down pipes, if you're trying to kill the industry, I probably am not going to be putting capital improvements in, in place. Not building um, in, in the refinery. But that, yeah. right. that didn't happen over but the that last sta- year. That statement is so ignorant that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut down. So like COVID, right? Everybody wore gloves. Where are gloves made? They're a byproduct of oil. Yeah, stuff petroleum you, product. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a byproduct of it. So you can't just like, oh, well, I'm going to shut. We need gloves. In, like, late, so, we need gloves for people to wear in hospitals. So is it possible that the brand, you know, in the wild, wild west days, the technological age and the, the onslaught of instant gratification. Yeah. That even our politicians suffer, you know, have lost the ability to understand time, in a sense. Will we eventually get to a point where we're not using fossil fuels? Yes. I believe we will. We should. But I don't think it's going to happen in the next 10, 15 20 years. I think That's you're looking out on the horizon 50 or more, 75, 100 years before you've phased out all fossil fuels. So, so I think that is more of a hope than it is reality. And here's why I say that. But I'm, 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 I'm relying on technology. And, and, and Moore's law, I'm, I'm relying on the fact that technology is going to get us there. But the piece that's always, uh, at least from a, from an admi- from a a governmental and public administration kind of perspective, the piece that always bites you in the butt is the unintended consequences. Okay. So there's a theory out there that you could you could you could stall out hurricanes if you reduce the temperature differential between the the surface water and the air temp- and the air above it that's churning. Okay. Right. So if you could drop like a giant straw way down into the ocean, something that could giant be, straw, and then right somehow. Down pull up that cold water. Giant sucking straw. So now you've okay. got right underneath this storm, now you've got cool water and the temperature differential reduces okay. and that storm dissipates, right? Okay. Great idea. What are you pulling up from the bottom of the ocean? Also, the bottom of the ocean is warmer than the top of the ocean. Um, thermal, the thermal core of the, of the earth heats the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. All the way down to the bottom, it's warmer. You're talking about the middle layer of water. Which Wherever is it's cool. Like in the middle. Okay, gotcha. I lost track here. We were talking about oil, and now we're talking about... <laughs> All I'm saying is... An obvious sp- uh, Air Force mission here. Yeah, to, Air, Air right. Force mission. Right. When we go yeah, to the unified force here... We just drop ice cubes in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the what I'm saying is the unintended consequence. I hear, yeah, we want to go to, like, like, you know, be absolutely independent of fossil fuels. Right. But you've got to go dig up these rare earth minerals in order to do this battery. Yes. That's you've got to develop a grid that's gonna be That is that is, in my opinion, that's not looking out far enough. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'll take if, it. If if I if, if we if we if we try to think about the future and stay within the realm of what we have, that's what you're talking about right there. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I'm saying you know, you're beyond that. You go, you go back to 1870, 1880, and someone says to you, you know, horses are going to be around forever. Yes. You know, so we're going to... We like the smell. We're going to invest in the horse infrastructure, man. And you got to keep the blacksmith in business. Exactly. Why's it got to be a blacksmithy? And, no, and one guy's going, one guy's going, but I can see a future without horses. Four. And they're going, yeah, but the unintended consequence, you can put the blacksmiths out, out of business, blah, blah, blah. It did. It It did. Okay, so I, in my opinion, I got. You. I think it's. I think you know. 
politics are involved and it looks good and it sounds good, we're gonna we're gonna get out of fossil fuels in seven years, whatever they're saying. You're not you're not you're not in reality. You're not in reality. I'd argue with you on that, Chris. So what so all of it. And oh, so I graduated can't. when I okay. <laughs> Chris is I'm right. Just, I'm just messing with you. No. I think it is a reality that we could be off of fossil fuels extremely quickly. It's a political shortcoming that we're not. Because when I was getting my degree in 1995, wow, I'm old, um, that's, one of the reason, that's one of the things I studied. And I remember people coming in to my classes and talking about the, the opportunities to go without fossil fuel. There was a guy that came in and talked to us about a, a power plant that could take all of the trash that the state of New York, the city of New York, dumped into the ocean into the Hudson River and put into the mountains of Virginia, and turn that into um, a, a product that would burn cleaner than natural gas, and create a a uh, byproduct that was basically pure compost that would cover two inches thick on a football field and be able to produce enough energy to send back to the city of New York and pay for their entire, produce all of their energy. That was in 95. And then fast forward, I'm at the Army Command and General Staff College, and we had somebody from government service and high up in the government service come in and talk to us. And I did a paper on um, making um, renewable energy part of the national defense strategy because we spent like $368 billion to be, overseas protecting oil, imagine what that could do for our school system and uh, the rest of our country. And and they they came in and said, we have the technology right now to... Happen again. It, it's the... Uh, it's the... Uh, the box. Junction box. So we had the technology then to come off of the re- reliance on natural... or on uh, fuel, fossil fuels. It's just a matter of putting a grid into place that would, and it, it's not a matter of having the technology to put a grid into place. It's a matter of getting the states to agree to have a rolling grid because there's different forms of, of uh, renewable energy. There's wave energy, there's wind energy, there's um, no, bio, bio energy. There's nukes solar. are the way to go. That stuff's not reliable. No, nukes, nukes not. In fact, I heard something go. the other day that said if you took a nuclear power plant and you put solar panels over the the footprint that that nuclear power plant occupied, you would produce more energy with nuclear uh, with solar power than you did with a nuclear power plant. I now, I'm, I didn't fact check that. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think it's out there. We need but some I, I, check. That. I have heard. I mean, I think we have the technology. It's just a matter of can you get the political backing? Can you get the states to agree? Because you'd have to work in, you know, some places have good solar, some places have good wind, some places have good out. So if you had a rolling grid. It would be immense, and that's why I say we need to have that as part of our national defense strategy because what are we fighting over? Why are we over in the Middle East? Because energy is a key factor. Always right. has been, always right. will be. Always will be. Concern. So energy, if we could come off the grid. Water. Yeah, but isn't the city of Dubai entirely solar? I don't know. It's, it's not powered. It's power, it's not. It's powered by green energy. So is Las Vegas. The entire city of Las Vegas is all green energy. Their entire power, they're, like, they're solar-powered. Las, like the entire city of Las Vegas. So I would say, uh, I mean, this is very rudimentary. I would, I would begin with saying, I'm not smart enough. But if Vegas can do it, then all of Nevada could do it. And if all of Nevada hasn't done it, 
then it can't be all that hot or something's going on. I think what happens if And if Nevada, if Nevada can do it, then the other states can. You know what I'm saying? If, if it's working, then great. I, I like this, this concept of the 50 experiments kind of going on and let's see what ends up happening. However, having said that, California has indicated that they can't keep their grid up, right? And they're as green as the day is long, or at least attempting to. And so was Texas. And it was Texas this last winter mm-hmm. that lost power in, in major sections, right? So I'm not quite sure. Snowmageddon. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the answer is, but I do not believe that getting off of fossil fuels today, tomorrow, or next week is the methodology that we want to we run but after. Snowmageddon and Texas losing power, it wasn't a fossil fuel or a renewable energy question. That was Listen they lost way. the grid, right? It wasn't because they didn't have fossil fuel, and it wasn't because they didn't have solar power. It was because they lost the grid. Did I mention I'm not smart enough? I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm, I do know that at least in the media it was portrayed that hey, these they were they were attempting to do the shift from fossil fuels, not outright but partially, and that maybe that partial maneuver was somehow. Yeah. I don't I don't know that the two were related. For. I think it was. It was the electrical grid went down basically because of the storms and losing generation plants or transmission plants more than anything else. As you are approaching retirement and are much, much wiser than I, I'll accept your, uh, your, your, <laughs> your you point also, of view. You also circle back to the concept of those. that's where you turn on smart redundancies as far as like, oh, hey, the power grid went out. Let's launch up the, you know, we need to, everybody's freezing to death. Let's launch up the propane, the natural gas that... We already have running. Let's just turn it on. You know what I mean? Like, to, to that degree, that's where you don't just wait. You know, well, we don't have it anymore. We don't rely on it, but we have it. You know what I mean? Hey, we have the ability to tap into this, but we don't. This is why like, we, we, we often, have a reserve. We often come back to the wicked problems of, okay, what are the problems that we're attempting to solve? And, you know, we, we mentioned, I think, quite nonchalantly kind of, you know, going green energy. How do you do that for an industry that is so massive? What do, what does that mean for you know I don't know for the truckers the the rigmen the the entire fossil fuel industry and how do you do it in such a way that you well, Elon, I, I don't know do you just tell them hey you're you're like the blacksmith of old and you're just gonna have to suck it up Buttercup and let's move on Tesla has battery they have battery powered uh, eight eighteen wheelers. Yeah. Takes an ungodly amount of batteries to power it, but they have yeah. them. Again, the person who can solve the battery problem will be king in, in the in the coming economy. Um, I, I still, I mean, I'll, I'll push back. I just think nuclear is the way to go. I don't think I don't think solar is sustainable. I don't think wind is sustainable, but I think nuclear is. But if you blend it, again, mm-hmm. I think that I think that's going to be the key. Is if you blend it, because I mean, like Maybe. nuclear power, nuclear power, it falls off after a certain point. It has to be close to a city. So, like, if you have an existing city, you can't necessarily put a power a nuclear power plant in it. You can't be like, hey, by the way, we're just going to drop one of these right here. You know what I mean? I think the new new nuclear technology is, uh, and again, it'll just keep getting better. We're not talking about Three Mile Island. We're not even talking about Fukushima. We're talking about the new stuff. So John's going to go into retirement and start his own solar solar farm. Solar farm. On the back of goats. In Texas or Florida. Hey, you guys joke on it, but the naval bases around here have big, huge solar panels on them, which I'm surprised doesn't blind pilots. I've never understood that. You've got these big solar panels where it just, like, 
glares off and pilots out for fun. Right? Pilots always fly in the other direction. That's how that works. <laughs> just, just they it. use GPS. They yeah, don't, that's they don't right. GPS. Pilot, you're just hey, man, flying I, the wrong way. Too close for more boards. Flying overhead in Afghanistan and the out in the boondocks, man. At least one, at least one solar panel on top of on top of the hooch. Mm. Now, coming, most of them, most of them are the stuff that we send out of the country because when we recycle, we can't, we don't bury them here. We send them and sell them overseas. So that's most of what you're seeing. They're either cheap Chinese ones or recycled U.S. ones, but they're there being used out in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, well, I think we're all over the place. <laughs> We've done it. We've gone all over the place. We've got some mic hits. We did. We yeah, did. A couple of mic hits in there. Well, now we'll I know why you. you didn't give me an agenda when I, before <laughs> I came on. I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. I have no about. idea what we're, we're talking about. We never, we, that's what's called. That, that's the podcast you're on, by the way, Dad. We do this podcast once a week. It's called All Over the Place. I'll send you the link again. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've heard and, it, and ignored it. And ignored it. I've seen it and ignored it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, I was talking to my sister, and I was talking to Caitlin, and she goes, I'll listen to it. We got like one or two episodes. It's like yes. 22. Yes. We got 22 of them. episodes. I'm only a couple episodes behind. <laughs> I asked your other sister, and she said, I can hear Andrew ramble anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. Uh, I'm not wrong. I'm kidding. She didn't say That's that. That's awesome. not wrong. Um, yeah. I, I will say that having having known Andrew for a while and you don't listen to the podcast, but he talks about you. <laughs> have. He talks about you a lot. Um, the influence of his of his father, and it's good to hear it from the horse's mouth uh, his, himself. The the uh, I can see where he learned a lot of lessons growing up, and that's that's a that's a neat thing to see. Really neat. Two two. Yeah. Here here. Well done. Yeah. Congratulations. You made mm-hmm. it through. <laughs> Thanks. All right, guys. Well, this is what? 23, you said? 23. 23. 23. All right, 23 in the books, guys. Here Thanks, we go. John. Thanks for coming on. Thank Brave you very much. It wasn't too bad, was it? All these empty glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to know that. I'll, but they still I'll cut us off now so no one hears that. Okay, cut that off. And that wraps up today's show. We hope you enjoyed listening to us weave our way through all of today's topics. If you have something to say, good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at comments at theupsetpicks.com or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And don't forget to check out our daily Chasing the Dog video on YouTube where we'll give you our top dog play of the day. Make sure to give us a thumbs up and hit subscribe. Also, visit our website, theupsetpicks.com, where you can see all of the packages we have to offer, including our specials. So, from Carrie, Andrew, and Chris, and the entire Upset Picks team, thank you for listening to us go all over the place. Be blessed, be smart, and be bold, and make sure to join us next week for more wit, whiskey, and wisdom. <laughs>